Hi, welcome to Sonnet Radio. This episode is a short story titled Boy. It's the first time we're going to meet Stephen Dukeev, a Baron of Kerava, roughly 200 years before the events in the story of the 5th edition campaign. If you have any feedback, we would love to hear from you. Or if you don't have any feedback and you'd like a shout out on the show, just send us your name, where you live in the world, and a random fact for us to read out. Send that or your thoughts to swordnutradio at gmail.com. That's swordnutradio at gmail.com. Or get in touch on Twitter at swordnut. The boy awoke. The early spring dawn's light stabbed into the room, seeming to heighten the crisp cold permeating the air, as if winter still sought to rally against the usurping season. He huddled deeper into the soft eiderdown, emitting a sound halfway between a growl and a purr, which seemed to satisfactorily sum up his disgust at the cold and the pleasure at the comfortable warmth of his bed. Settling back under the covers with a contented half-smile, he cherished the moment of comfort while he could. It would not be long before he was made to rise. True enough, the pale, sharp sunlight had not moved halfway across the floor when Letta entered the room without so much as a knock. The plump, greying woman bustled about the chamber, pouring steaming water from the pitcher she carried into the boy's marble wash basin. Come along, Master Stephen, she said impatiently. We haven't got all day. All day for what? He groaned audibly from the bed, hoping for respite but getting none. The nurse tore back the covers and continued about the room in her business-like manner probably to let him decide whether he wanted to stay cold on the bed or get up and put some clothes on. She always got her way, but he at least put on a display of indignation. After all, being beaten is different from surrendering. Outside, spring still strove with winter for lordship of the morning. The crystal clear waters of Ford and Lake glittered in the distance, reflecting the faraway mountain tops still clad in white. Dark fir trees shivered down on the western bank, huddled to protect the wild forest hidden behind their green phalanx, and therein creatures stirred from slumber and began to re-fortify themselves. A lone hawk with banded wings circled over the lake, climbing effortlessly on the warm air currents. At the eastern shore, fishermen who had been at work long before dawn brought in the first catch of the day, the silver-armoured fish thrashing around and reflecting the sunlight in imitation of the lake home from which they had been taken. The boy stirred from the window and turned to his nurse. He was surely old enough now that he didn't need letter looking after him. He was nearly eleven at next full moon, far too old for a nurse, but still, what his father willed was as a written law where his children were concerned, and he wished to see his youngest son this morning. Letta laid his clothes on the seat at the foot of his bed and left to prepare his breakfast. The boy had never liked being dressed by others, no matter how many times Letta or his father had insisted that the nobility must learn to require such little services. The boy entered the hall alone. He had no idea why he was asked to do this, but he entered after the herald had announced his full name and lineage to the court. He had been arrayed in his finest, newest clothes in blue and white, the house colours of Forden. Bearing his personal crest upon his left breast, three white half-lions rampant on a field of red, with a yellow disc at the centre, denoting his place as the fifth son. Self-consciously, he walked past a small gathering of court officials, esquires and knights, all lining the blue carpet running up the centre of the hall, ending at the dais baying his father on his great oaken chair and his older brothers around him. As the boy began to cross the space between the assembly and the raised platform, Letta, who had placed herself in the front row of the court, caught him by the shoulder. He looked imploringly into her eyes for a moment before she whispered, Go forward and kneel. Everything will be fine. It's not that the boy was scared, but when grown-ups told you everything was going to be fine, it was usually because something very bad was happening. They told him the same thing two years ago, the night before his mother had died. Well, maybe he was a little scared.
Taking two steps forward, he hesitated before going to his knees. Gevrin, 4th Earl of Forden, head of family Dukeev, master of Forden Lake, Gould, Bridgemeads, Kerever, and Keeling, guardian of Ostia, and sixth in line to the throne of Anish, stood. It pleases us to receive our son on this day, he said. Today we'll see the ending of his childhood and the starting on his path to manhood, he gestured to the herald who stepped forward holding a wide scroll before him, before intoning formally. Upon this day, being the 251st day of the reign of our lord, King Ethard I, we, Geverin, Earl of Forden, do appoint our worthy son, Stephen of Family Dukeev, Baron of the Court, to the office of Baron of Kerver, holding all rights and privileges pertaining thereunto, and to be received upon the day of his majority. Stephen's eyes opened wide. Furthermore, the herald boomed on. Until such day as he comes of age, our son will be schooled in the necessary manner that he may govern the town of Kerever wisely in our stead. Signed and sealed at this day. As the list of legalist babble became a buzz in the back of his mind, Stephen reeled. He had no real idea what being the Baron of Kerever would mean. He'd only even been there once, and then as a small child. Suddenly he realised that the Herald had stopped talking. Silence filled the hall. The Earl, a broad-shouldered bear of a man, stepped down from the dais to seize his son by the shoulders and help him to his feet. On that signal, the assembled nobles and notables gave polite applause until cut off by the first advisor of the council, announcing that the morning's business was at an end. As they slowly emptied from the hall, some stopping to offer congratulations to young Stephen, the earl bent to one knee to meet his son eye to eye. Sympathy touched his eyes for an instant, but so did uncertainty. I know you must not know what to make of this morning, he said, staring his son in the eye. It is tradition amongst our family that all rewards or gifts come unannounced and unprepared for, lest we grow accustomed to them, and take the privilege for granted. Seeing that Stephen was still deeply uncertain, he smiled briefly, the doubt touching his visage once more. Not to worry, he went on. You have eight years until your majority. You will have time to learn all you need. Pausing as if questioning whether to say more, Stephen's father added, I trust you'll see to it that my decision is a wise one. Still trying to bring some sort of understanding out of the cloud of new events in his life, Stephen realised he'd been asked a question. Yes, father. I will try not to fail you. As his father and brothers left to attend the business of the land, Stephen let himself be ushered out by letter. For some reason, he wanted to cry. This story was written by Paul Bennett and Robert Sanderson and is copyright 2015. The song was Shards of Glass by Louis Barabbas and the Bedlam Six. This story will be continued in the short story Accumulating Debts. Thanks for listening.